of the Tokusatsu Network podcast. I am Editor-in-Chief Paula Gatos, and with me is our wonderful podcast regular host, Kitty. Hi. Hi. And with us also is two uh, very special guests. One is Chris Eaton from the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. How's it going? And the second is famous documentary person for In Search of Monsters, an independent documentary that was funded through Indiegogo. It's an independent documentary that talks about independent uh, kaiju filmmakers. We also have Mark Camarillo. Mark, say hi. Hello, all. So we have these two special guests in addition to our wonderful Kitty and myself. Um, We're doing a huge summer uh, podcast, summer convention podcast recap. Um, I myself went to Anime Expo and Comic-Con this year. They were back-to-back weekends, which basically meant I had three days of sleep or Mm -hmm. less than before I headed off to uh, another major con. Um, Kitty was at Anime Expo with me. Mm -hmm. And Chris from Kaiju Kingdom was also at San Diego Comic-Con. I was at AX too. Oh, there. you were? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, well, then I, you. I, 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 I took the high road and only do, I only did one day. Otherwise, I was going to die, much like you. I'm sorry. How is that a high road? <laughs> because I only did one day, so I got a weekend of rest before Comic Con. <laughs> I didn't get I, any of that. Yeah, that does Friday. not sound like a moral high road to me. That sounds like a lack. It sounds like a severe lack of dedication. <laughs> Boom! Mic dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'm rocking the four days at Anime Expo, but this year it was, just mm-hmm. way, it was literally, you had 72 hours between that and Comic-Con, and Comic-Con yeah. is it, literally a week dedication, so, and I, yep. and I had, you know, I got a day job in between that, so, yeah, I, I'm, but yeah. yeah, so. And then Mark it went, is reporting to us about G-Fest, Godzilla Fest uh, mm-hmm. in Chicago, and which was the same weekend as Comic-Con, so, it, for the Two months of July has been one major, major, major con season. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen again. It's exhausting. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I think everybody I talked to at Comic-Con that was also at Anime Expo had the same sentiment of who thought this was a great idea. <laughs> Probably. Um, but let's recap the beginning of July. So Kitty and I and and Chris went to Anime Expo. Yes. Uh, Kitty, you went all four days, right? I did, and it was my first time going to a convention. Still in the noob seat. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kitty is actually our resident tokusatsu noob, which is why I, I love having her on the podcast. Yes. Because you see the progression of, like, I don't understand what this is, to, oh, my God, this isn't the real toku, Power <laughs> yeah. Rangers. I'm really, really bad about that. Like, <laughs> I, I knew I was probably going to get there, just due to my, like, Harry Potter book to movie, like, snobbery, <laughs> the same thing has taken over with Toku. Yeah, so it's, 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 really, really, it's really fun seeing it from the completely new perspective. And we get the new perspective for you at AX. So what, how was your first con, period, in addition to it being the largest anime convention in North America? It was overwhelming. I... 
I definitely did not get to do all of the stuff that I wanted to do. Um, there were a lot of like panels and things that I wanted to go to, which just ended up being, no, but I have friends who it's their first day at Anime Expo because I've been going to all four days and, and, and they, they didn't. And so, um, inevitably I spent the entire con pretty much in the exhibit hall and, uh, trolling artist Sally and I spent way too much money on art. <laughs> what did you did you find? Did you have a really good time like looking at all the art stuff? Because I remember walking through Artist Alley with you. Yes. And I was just like, I am so jaded. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to find my one specific artist who I know is gonna be here. I just want one specific art piece who I know is probably gonna be here. I was really jaded. <laughs> I know you were. It was so funny because I was like eyes sparkly. But Paula, look, it's Big Hero 6. Like, look, oh, there's Kill a Kill there. Oh, yeah. look, that's that over there. I'm all like, I see them on on Tumblr. I'll find them later. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, no, you don't understand. Oh, my God. I, I lost that spot. Ever since going to con on a regular basis, now and now working, like, I, I feel mm. like I lost the sparkle just a little bit. Um, did you feel the same way, Chris, for a- AX? Yeah, I've been doing AX <laughs> the first, I mean, a little, just a quick back backstory ax got me fired from my first job oh Um, wow yes so back when they were still at anaheim at the anaheim convention center oh yeah um they brought it was like i believe it was 2006 they brought in director ryoi kitamura this was uh when they were and he's the director of godzilla final wars most famously um he directed yeah yeah uh yeah versus was his first film that's that's the a movie i hold near and dear to my heart um and uh, a few other he uh, there's a movie called Midnight Me Train with a uh, young spry Bradley Cooper in it. Before, right, right, literally like a month before he broke huge. So, um, so go, go check those out. But I want this this guy. It was his first time coming to America for any sort of convention. He recently did Lupin the Third too, the live action Lupin the yes, Third. Yes, he did. That was that that was the movie. Uh, his last movie he just did. So I haven't yet to see that one because it's not out anywhere yet. At least available here legally. So, um, I was working for a movie theater at the time, a little tiny hole-in-the-wall one, and uh, I, he, I knew he was coming, so I begged my boss, it's like, can I come in at a, at a later time? Because my boss was kind of a, a douche about letting me have off, because I was kind of like the top guy running this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's me, and two, two, me, him, and two other people, so that's it. That's how small this place was. So, he relented, you know, even though he's just like, well, I'm giving you, like, a week off for Comic-Con, like, four days later. I'm just like, yeah, but this is different, man. I need I need to go do this. So, I went. I went in the morning, not knowing what time this dude's showing up. Turns out he's showing up at, like, 5.15, an hour after I'm supposed to be, you know, clocked in for work. So, I decide not to call in. I decide to, you know, kind of, you know, call... I, I, I kind of bullshit a... I'm sorry... BS a, a bit of um, kind of like I was a, I had like a, a minor car accident, mm-hmm. so that's so that way I can hop in line, be the second guy to, to you know meet Kitamura. It's mm-hmm. literally one eleven seconds, and it, I was on a high like the, I, I I can only imagine that heroin addicts get when they first like that scene in um, Requiem for a Dream. My eyes just lit up like that. So I rush back. My boss is livid. I'm just like, what? I got you know fender bender. He's like, it took an hour and a half to do a fender bender. I'm like, yeah. So, lo and behold, 
literally a week to the day, which was after I returned from Comic-Con, he's like, you're fired. I'm like, why? He's like, I think you know why. I'm like, oh, for not showing up at, you know, for this. He's like, yeah. So, that was that, and that, ironically, was the last year there at um, Anaheim. They had a terrible year. I'm, I'm, I, I, I ran, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 2006 was the last time uh, last Anime time Expo yes. was at Anaheim Convention Center. Now they're at Los Angeles Convention Center. Center. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, ever since I've been going to this one, it's been like, yeah, this is cool. It, but, you know, I was super big into, an, into anime when I was in high school. And then, much like many trends, anime kind of went a more kind of cutesy direction. More like the show and jump kind of style stuff. Mm-hmm. And that lost a lot of my attention. Like, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an anime kid of the 90s. So, all the hyper-violence stuff like Giver, uh, Fist of the North Star, when, it was when you had to go buy it on videotapes for $60 a piece. Yeah, it was really hard to find. So, like, oh. places like going to Anime Expo was, like, the place to get the stuff. Very or if you, right. to, if you went to Little Tokyo, you could rent them at J-Wave. Yes. Oh, my God, J-Wave, yes. Yeah. yeah wow, had, I haven't had, thought of J-Wave in front or, of or, or, or Central Video when that existed. <laughs> I had a whole, yeah, pretty much I had, I, had, I had prayed that whatever my video store had, you know, they had a small little section. That's what I had to deal with. So, when I, my first experience with Anime Expo was, oh, my God, this is great. Much like Paula now, now that I'm doing this regularly covering for a site mm-hmm. you yeah you do the that luster kind of loses its its sparkle a bit mm-hmm. i do like going to anime expo because it is you, you cannot compare it to anything else i i told my editor when we my and he's my friend when we first started doing this like we gotta cover anime expo he's like what, what the hell is that i'm like believe me it's not like comic-con anyway just show up and you'll see why he it, shows it's up. a very unique like experience so yes. did he what did he have a, a specific like kind of culture shock when he went a little bit he's just like i've never seen so many costumes in my life in one <laughs> area. Mm-hmm. He, and he you know he's he's been doing the convention stuff you know almost as much as i have right but he had never seen a convention run the way it has like they let you like the thing about anime expo is they let you hang out afterwards most conventions yeah. are like get the hell out of here second those doors closed it's like we don't want you on our properties AX yeah. is all about, it's like, yeah, stay till, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, take all the pictures you want, right. just chill out. Yeah. So, right. What I find really interesting about my, my I remember my, my first experience with Anime Expo. My first AX was 2004, and I've been going technically since 2004. I missed a couple of years here and there. I actually went to the one in Long Beach, too, which was oh, awful. Yeah. Which was awful. <laughs> Two and a half hour line to get in. Yeah, and the places were so separate. But what I, meant, what I was going to say was that AX has a way of just, like, they let you hang out mm-hmm. as long as you want. They won't necessarily kick you out. I mean, after a while, they do, like, just for safety's sake. And yeah. L.A. is not exactly the safest town right. in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about AX is that you really get – it was the first time I could stay up all night and kind of, like, have that find-my-tribe experience mm-hmm. where – Anybody, you could just bump into someone and suddenly make friends with them. Did you have the same feeling, Kitty? Um, you know, I I don't know that I did, but I feel like that was because I hung out with so many people who I already knew, which mm. is actually kind of surprising. Like, it, it, for me, it was very much one of those, oh, I don't have to go out to see all my friends. They're going to the same place where I am. This is awesome. <laughs> well, you and I went to the... Uh, and I didn't see you, Chris, so if I if I totally missed you, I'm so sorry. No, there's but a you, million... But, but, there were so many people there. So like, many people. It's yeah. like, it's like, it was like a Hong Kong subway, pretty much. It's like yeah. so crammed. So Kitty and I went to um, the Tokusatsu 
uh, fan cosplay meetup. Mm-hmm. And namely, it's just for cosplayers, but it's technically just a tokusatsu fan meetup. Right. Like, if you know cosplayers, you, you definitely are going to be there at the Toku Gathering. So it was mm-hmm. like, the cosplay meetup was like right at the outside stairs, outside the exhibit hall. And everybody took, oh, everyone was there. And like, every uh, cosplay, uh, tokusatsu-inspired cosplay was there. And then at mm-hmm. one point, we are like, okay, all the Sentai people get together. All the writers get together. Now, Sentai and writers face each other and pretend you're going to fight. Um yep. And things like that. There was unfortunately no kaiju inspired toku. Shocking. So like cosplay. Shocking. I mean, like I don't, I don't know if we. I wish we would found like some. We found some, a couple of metal heroes. There was some uh, Shriver uh, cosplayer. Um, I'm even surprised by that. Yeah, what I forgot. Oh, I, I'm he's. If he ever listens to this podcast, he's going to be sad. I forgot what his name was off the top of my head. Um, but there was one space sheriff uh, wore the green green leather, uh, not green leather jacket, brown leather jacket, gloves, things like that. It was yeah, really he great. Yeah, he was awesome. He was great. Um, and we also, and then so we were taking photos. Everyone's getting, and I, I kind of stayed pretty. I kind, Kitty, myself, and. Uh, Michael Nixon, who's also another podcast host on Tokenet, left pretty early just because we're kind of like, by that time, it was like on a Saturday, we were done. <laughs> and we just left pretty early without really yeah. sitting around and mingle, which we should have because we found out that two people had like kind of Spider-Man Common Rider inspired cosplay that looks like if Spider-Man was an actual Common Rider. He had mm-hmm. like the scarf and henshin belt and everything. Turned out to be Yoshi... Uh, who Yoshi um, Sudaso, who is the Power Ranger Dino Charge Blue Ranger? Really? Yeah, wow. Wow. he's actually a pretty well-known cosplayer, and I and um, it was one of those things where like, whoa, that Spider-Man really knows how to like pose, and it turns out to be Yoshi. Yep. <laughs> so by the time we left, he took off his mask mm-hmm. and like started taking pictures of everyone, and everyone texted me immediately like, why aren't you here? And I'm all like. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Damn to be fair, it. it was also really, really hot, and the meetup yeah. was outside. Yeah, I felt it was so awful. bad for all those cosplayers, like, in their helmets. There was a, 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 a Time Force pink that was having trouble putting on her, her helmet while we were taking photos. Yep. Um, a couple of, Mar- uh, I think there was a Marvelous cosplayer with a giant uh, from Gokaiger was walking around with a giant red coat, and I'm all like, oh, man. Um, so yeah, Power Rangers, Super Sentai cosplayers, Kamen Rider cosplayers, Yoshi from Dino Charge was there. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't dressed as the Toei Spider Man, was he? Or was no, it no, like no, a, no. It, it was a. It was a. It was a cross. It was a cross. It was okay. kind of somebody. Cross, ca- yeah. Somebody drew a fan art of what Kamen Rider would look like if he was, or Spider Man would look like if it was a Kamen Rider, and one was like Venom inspired, the other one was actually like the blue and and red spider-man costume but it had the henshin belt the scarf Mm -hmm. the helmet things like that and i i was so kicking myself (laughs) for not staying just like five minutes longer to hang out with everybody uh, michael and i were kind of standing off to the side while uh paula just kind of took control of the photo shoot (laughs) because it was was accidental that was accidental i didn't mean yeah no no no. It, it wasn't it wasn't like anything where she was just like okay Move out of my way, people. I am in charge now. It, no, it wasn't anything like that. It was just they, there were people trying to take pictures, and they're like, well, what do we do? What should we tell them? And all of the cosplayers were just kind of 
lingering, like, I don't know where you want me to be. I don't know. Take my picture, please. And so Paula just kind of came in and started directing. Okay, let's be uh, honest. I kind of got a little, like, frustrated. It's like, does any, who's running the cause? The, the And nobody knew. Nobody was knew. running the thing. So I was like. No one was running it. So I used my editor-in-chief voice and just went, okay, Sentai people this way. Common Rider people this way. Yes. Okay. Everyone move back, move forward in three, two, one, pictures. She took yes. charge. She definitely did. It was fantastic. I did not mean to. I honestly did not no, mean no, to. There's no, no, it's fine. Order. It's fine. Be order. Absolutely. Yeah. But so, um, the one of the things that it was like, so uh, uh, Michael and I were standing off to the side, and I heard someone say Yoshi's name and that Yoshi was there, and I was like, Oh, I think I was telling Michael. I was like, "Oh, I think he's here." He's like, "Nah." And so, well, it's Michael's fault we left her. Yes, actually, it's Michael's fault. Daniel <laughs> Nixon. Um, but I mean, I I didn't believe it either necessarily because I'd seen him earlier that day in the Spider-Man outfit. Which, by the way, I love how much that guy loves that he's playing a Power Ranger. Yeah, he, I, he was talking with um, some of some other cosplayers or someone taking his picture about being in Power Rangers. He's like, I just love it so much. And oh, it was man. so funny. What, what, well, for me, what I didn't mind so much is because I knew, well, and we'll get to this later because he, the Power Rangers Dino Charge cast had a panel at Comic-Con and, mm-hmm. and they also had what's called the Power Rangers Lounge mm-hmm. um, just for press only and for, for, for Power Rangers super fans mm-hmm. uh, if you're in that meetup. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a second because Yoshi is really just like, he is definitely a Toku fan and he cannot be more excited to play a Blue Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I do want to talk about um, Tokunet was really, really, really fortunate. And this was because, um, and I want to be able to tell this story because you guys need to know my plight. On Friday, <laughs> on Friday, um, the only one Tokusatsu specific uh person we wanted to interview or at least get a hold of and see was Sho Aikawa um, who wrote, who in anime is, is, mo- is mostly known for writing Full Metal Alchemist. Um, he has a current uh, anime that's coming out called um, Concrete Revolution Revolution without the N, which I still find kind of odd. Um, and, and he is directly involved with a, new, with a streaming site called Daisuke which is kind of like a, co- a competitor to Crunchyroll, but Daisuke is more specific because they have very close uh, uh, relationship with anime studios and distributors and things like that. Um, and so they kind of offer another streaming site in the same uh, idea as Crunchyroll. But so basically, Shalaikawa is the head writer, was, was known for being the head writer for Common Rider Blade. He was the first episode. He was the head writer in initial episodes of *Common Rider: Decade*. He's written *Common Rider: Wizard*. He's done uh, *Bokenger*, *Geki Ranger*, *Go Wander*, and like one episode of *Metal Heroes*. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he was at Anime Expo, and it was his first um, appearance at Anime Expo. And he was the only Tokusatsu-specific guest that we that Tokunet could really talk to, and he was nowhere on the press releases or press appointments for AX because AX proper, the SPJA, the Society Promotion of Japanese Animation, did not bring him in. He was an industry guest. And I had basically almost no way to get a hold of him <laughs> except attend. He, he wasn't even written on the panel list. There was no specific show Aikawa panel list. 
on the thing. So I had to guess who brought him in, who, uh, which uh, is the anime consortium, uh, anime, anime Japan consortium, something like that. And which I, which I had to Google search to find out it was attached to Daisuke. And then I had to find Daisuke on the program list and assume that he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so on Friday morning, I was actually really, I was already tired. Like I was kind of over it. And, I, and his panel was at 10 a.m. I couldn't sleep until 6 a.m. And so I only had three hours of sleep. And I woke up at 9.45 to get to Anime Expo. It's about 30 minutes from my house. So I was hauling ass to get to his panel with the mild, like kind of, uh, I give up feeling. And so I get to the Daisuke panel, and there he is, and I get to listen to him talk. And so I get it just – I find – I grab my badge. I find the place in time to make it for the audience questions portion of the panel. And thankfully, I already had some questions ready because uh, I asked him, like, what was it like writing for – a toku versus uh, versus an anime and is there like you know differences in writing for live action versus anime all that stuff and he seemed legitimately surprised that somebody mentioned the word tokusatsu mm-hmm. at anime expo and so because of that i was able to kind of go and kind of waited a while i was able to go up and he, i was wearing i think i was wearing like one of my go ranger t-shirts mm-hmm. um and tell him like i know you know aikawa sensei i'm a big fan of your work uh, here's my card and I talked to his translator his person and I handed my card and I asked is it possible to get an interview with Aikawa sensei and she was like okay sure if you're gonna be here all four days that'd be great and then I <laughs> mm-hmm. I get I didn't think anything would come of it I thought it was just gonna be like whatever they're gonna throw away my card it's not a big deal I get home like early early on Friday and I find out that she had emailed me an hour later going, I love your website. When can we do this interview? And I flipped. That's like, fantastic. holy shit, I got an interview with Shoaikawa. This is fantastic. And so, and then in addition to that, I had to find a room to interview him because there was like no way. And like, I didn't even know whether I could secure a room. I thought I had to just interview him on the floor, which would have been rude. And if I had to use audio, I wouldn't be able to hear anything. And like, I was so unprepared for scrambling to find a room but everyone the press people at ax i don't know if they get any slack but if they do they don't deserve it because they work really really hard they were able to find me an empty room to kind of set things up go i was able to run down to the exhibit hall tell his um assistant or and his uh handler where the room was and we had a really great sit down interview with him and it was all super super thanks to one that I wasn't lazy and just said F it and skipped the panel altogether because oh. I was running late and I was a jaded jaded person and two um, the kindness of his handler and the publicist and Daisuke and then three the, the kindness of the SPJA press people because they without their help there was no way there was no way I could have gotten that interview. And now the interview is up on on, uh, on Tokunet. And I found out his recent favorite movie was Pitch Perfect. That's fantastic. Was Are you so serious? It was, yeah. That, I asked him, like, well, what keeps you inspired? And he's like, well, I watch a lot of movies. And, like, I watch about 100 movies a year. And I'm all like, well, what's your recent favorite movie? It's like, well, Mad Max Fury Road. 
and pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love you. You're fantastic. That's amazing. And so that was my AX running around experience. That Getting that entry was like the most gratifying moment of my press life. I'm all like, I was so unprepared. Which is not, you know, which is pretty bad to say as editor-in-chief of, of the wonderful Tokenet. I'm more prepared than usual, but this was really surprising to me. Just because it wasn't listed at all at AX. Like, there was no way. I had no idea how to get hold of them. Well, no, the- well, I'm sorry, sorry, no, sorry go to ahead. jump in on yes. but, the, but that's the beautiful thing about conventions is that, especially if you're if you're you know kind of what we you know what, what we do in, is when we're covering as press, it's like, yeah, the, you know, you have a stern idea of you know who you're going to try to hit up. You know, a lot of times you don't get who you really want to you know to talk to, mm. but then there are those times when it's just like by happenstance you're just at the right place at the right time and you get something you didn't completely ex- any expect at all. And mm-hmm. those are the ones that usually stand out the best. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is this, that getting that show like how interview was possibly one of the most memorable moments of my life. And um, yeah. it was really, it was, like, it was really great because I talked to um, uh, his handler a bit more. She's like, well, I have other people that you would like to talk to if they're ever here in LA, let me know. And I'm all like, oh my God, yes. Please, <laughs> yes. You're amazing. I love you. You're fantastic. You make friends with the handlers, buddy up with the, uh, with the, with the yeah. agents, yeah, those there are... stern, stern lessons I have learned from my esteemed uh, partner uh, Jessica Sang. That uh, hmm. I'm just like she's pulled miracles. I'm like, how are you doing this? She's like, I made friends with all their handlers. I'm like, oh. yeah, just make, just it's it's another thing. It's just definitely make friends with everybody you can, whether yeah. or not. Because I definitely made friends with all the just everybody in that press room who's running the press room, and I was like, guys, I don't know where I'm going to get a room. It's like, oh, there's we can help you. I'm all like. You're a lifesaver. If I can send your flowers, I will. That is not a problem for my partner. Like, yeah. I can't walk in a convention without her stopping every two seconds. Like, oh, my God, hey. I'm like, who are you? It's like, yeah. We were, we were supposed to have Jessica on here. Unfortunately, she had a, a family thing. Um, but in, in, in continuing on, Chris, do you have any of those moments when we were at, at San Diego Comic-Con this year? Well, I don't like to brag. <laughs> but I you did... can. I was at your panel. It was fantastic. Well, I'll. I got one. I got one brag story. Then, mm. then I'll, I'll. I'll hit the panel. Um, Sunday morning, uh, we hit, because we um, were we we do all the uh, with the Warner animation uh, every year. That that's kind of our our bread and butter. But like we, anything that pretty much like all the DC animated films that come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do those press lines a lot. So this year to do. Um, the Justice League Gods and Monsters. Oh, yes. Yeah, which did, did you did you get a chance to see it? No. Oh, it's so it was good. it was on my schedule of stuff to see because I, I I have to schedule Comic Con stuff now. Yeah. There's no way. A so awesome, so ah. awesome. Like it, and it's it's an Elseworld story too. If you know your DC mm-hmm. lore. But B, the the room erupted because every year Comic Con that's when they put out the you know hey here's what's coming in 2016. So when they're like okay we're doing this and this and then. Bruce Tim, who you know is the the matriarch of the DC animated universe, was there. He kind of he did he paused for a second. Mind you, the room's about half full because a lot of people got up and left after the movie was over, so they missed mm-hmm. out on this. So he's just like, "Yeah, I'll be back next year because I'll be bringing the Killing Joke." The room exploded. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so animating Killing Joke. They're doing a Killing Joke animated movie. It's going to premiere at Comic Con next year. Whoa. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, everyone pretty much there was a. 
if there, you know, there was there was not a dry pant in the in the room, and that that room yeah. of nerds, yes. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So everyone erupted, and he's just like, I can't say anything else right now. You have to wait till later. So, so in order to do that, we have to do some of their other stuff. So, which means we got to do a lot of the kitty stuff, which means the Lego stuff. I don't watch any of the Lego stuff. My my partner does because he has children, and you know he likes Legos. Mm-hmm. So we had to. So they they blocked it up with another one. The this Batman Unlimited thing, this really kiddie thing. So I'm like, uh, it's nine in the morning. They're doing this thing, and it's Sunday. So you know, Saturday night's the party night for Comic Con, the right. last party night. So we're dragging butt to this thing. At you know, we're uh, we're out of our room at seven thirty. Dragging butt in here. I'm just like, all right. There, you know, there's a couple of notable voice actors. Um, you know, uh, like uh, I believe uh, Nolan North and a couple other guys were there. Uh, jo- uh, John DiMaggio was there. So oh, know, wow. he's he's awesome to talk to. Super nice guy. I would think so, yeah. Not as awesome as this this gentleman. I don't. If you're a child of the '90s like myself, you watched a show called Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And you love Boy Meets World. And you mm-hmm. love Boy Meets World possibly for one reason: uh, the brother, his brother Eric, Will Friedle. I got mm-hmm. to talk to Will Friedle for like 20 minutes. That's amazing. That's awesome. I was like, I was like on like you know cloud nine this is one of the guys when i when we first started it's like here's a list of people we would love to talk to wilfred like at the top because uh, my my buddy and i are huge batman beyond fans mm-hmm. i love kim possible mm-hmm. and not only that but we were both massive fans of the like anime thundercat show that was on briefly for like two minutes on cartoon network oh man so, that was yeah. a blip in the in, in the radar. Oh yeah, which I found out he wrote like most of those episodes too. Oh really? Yes. That's he, he, wrote Thundercats. He wrote most of Thundercats. He wrote he wrote a good. He said he wrote a good chunk of that show because I brought I brought up I'm like yeah everyone knows you as this and this and I'm like I, I brought I had like oh and I love you in Thundercats. He's like oh wow thanks man like that was that show was like near and dear to my heart because I wrote like half the stuff. I'm like what? And then his handler's like all right we got to go. I'm like wait no for, for, come back I need to know more. Wait, 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 so, 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 Thundercats or Thundercats, some anime revamp? The, the Cartoon Network revamp they did in akin to what they did with He-Man back in 2002. It was an, it was done by Studio IG. Okay. um, But it was an American production, though. Okay. American writers, anime, uh, Japanese studio. Okay. And Will 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 Friedle was probably four years old when the original one came out. Yes, very much so. Yeah. But he was, I just. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I just, for me, like, I love Thundercats, and I had not heard of this revamp. Well, uh, so I was, I would just, I needed to clarify yeah, yeah. what was happening It was right seriously now. like two minutes, like, in Cartoon Network, and yeah, it, 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 it didn't much, kind of, like, catch on the same way. It didn't catch on. Cartoon Network pretty much screwed it. Um, much like they did, uh, there was uh, another show literally on the same time called Symbionic Titan. It was a uh, Gendy Tartatoski uh, series. The guy made um, uh, Samurai Jack. It was very much oh, wait giant a robot. Think, yeah. Yeah, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were oh, telling me about okay. that when I remember. Yes. So the, they were literally on within like a week of each other. Cartoon Network buried them. They were prime, They were meant to be primetime shows aimed at an older audience. They put them on. Both were on a Friday night at one point, and then they mm-hmm. stopped. You know their seasons halfway, and then dumped them to like Sunday at like eight eight a.m. And then that's, just no. pushed him under the rug. So that's so shitty. Yeah, it pretty much it was at the time because uh, I, 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 I'm sorry to get not to get too tr- off track, but it kind of comes around. Paul Dini tells a story of his show called um, uh, something Prep. It was uh, like Tower Prep, 
and it was a live action show that it was on literally at the same time and Cartoon Network did the same thing they axed it and when he found out what it was it was like apparently Cartoon Network was like none of boys are watching this and the toys aren't sell- there's no toys so we can't oh it was it. a girls toys kind of thing it was literally that and that was the same thing that happened with Thundercats Thundercats the toys weren't moving and mm-hmm. yeah. Symbionic Titan had no toys whatsoever Right. So they dumped them, and pretty much, you know, they pushed, you know, s- stuff like regular show, stuff like death. And I, I'm not knocking regular show. I like regular show, but like this, this, the goofy stoner humor that you know is what is now kids cartoons get pushed heavily more than like an action. Like if you look out on on TV at all, there's almost nothing like that. That's just, that's what the fate that befell Young Justice too. Right. Well, that that I remember. But so you were able to go to party, hang out with Will. Will, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thank, thank you for bringing it around. I, 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 I do digress. So, yeah. So, that was that was one of the big highlights. Um, I got to meet the the gentleman that did, that um, wrote and drew the Ultraman uh, manga. The oh, my God. Yes. Pushing. Did you did you hit them? Yes. Uh, I actually was able to. Well, unfortunately, I was trying to get an interview with them. Just mm-hmm. kind of have, just sit down and interview with them. Um, unfortunately, they, were, they weren't available for any of that. Yeah. They, were, um, they weren't having none of that stuff. Yeah, they they really were not down. Um, they were, were even during the panel. They we they actually requested for no video or audio of the panel itself. Mm-hmm. So most of our recap is just a, a simple, straightforward uh, text recap on on Tokenet. But they namely one of the big things that I, I really liked about that panel is that they really just talked about how you know both new and old fans can really enjoy the manga itself. I mean, they've they've had both fans coming up saying either the manga is perfectly awful and should not is does not follow Ultraman at all or they get fans come up going this is a great continuation mm. <laughs> of Ultraman and, and things like that and for them the biggest kind of the biggest thing that they're proud of the manga not just the manga that it exists and they're making it and it's there but the fact that the manga got them to Comic-Con <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that I found most they, they were really really happy about um, did, did you buy the package with the little figure yes actually it wasn't just me I think every member of Tokenet wanted <laughs> the entire set those things I, we, sold did you see that yeah we bought five, probably most of them because <laughs> as there's, there's 17 members in Tokenet and most of us are Ultraman fans or just want the figure and the manga and the fact that the manga exists and we got it printed in English coming here and we hope that it continues and we want to support it Viz, I hope you're listening Tokenet bought most of your stuff <laughs> that, that was the beauty because uh, when I got in line, I bought I bought the the manga and the figure. Literally, one yeah. of the last purchases I made on Thursday or uh, Wednesday night on preview night. Running mm-hmm. out of there, I'm like, yeah, yeah that was one this. of mine too. And they're like, okay, yeah, you come back at the autograph. So they were signing pretty much every day. Thursday mm-hmm. was the only Thursday, at like four o'clock was like the only time I could I could get in there. And I got in there, I was waiting around, and the dude, you know, the guy running the viz booth, he's like. Can I help you with anything? I'm like, I'm waiting for the Ultraman thing because literally I have a hard out. The second I get this, I got to run do a press event. It's like, all right. I'm like, just let me know where, where you're going to line up. It's like, okay. So I'm, wa- I'm walking around, walking around, and all of a sudden turn around. There's four people already lined up behind a banister someone had set up. I'm like, dude, what the hell? He's like, oh, sorry. You know, just kind of did the shrug. It's like, Comic-Con, eh. So, <laughs> but they were really open. The the, the fact they were really open for that Viz Media booth for the writers to to autograph their stuff, and they they mentioned at the panel that a lot of, they they received a lot of they were really surprised too at the amount of people coming up and. 
Oh, <laughs> that might have been a tune that got changed. Because when oh, really? I got line, there was four. Well, they guys... said it at the panel, so I don't know. Yeah, four guy, four guys at. Um... Actually, yeah, they're coming back from that panel, so I believe it was. Oh, okay. Might have been, might have been Friday then. I, I'm sorry. It was Friday. It was Friday. Okay, so yeah, so it might have been Friday at this point. So when we were coming, when I was in line, they were coming back from the panel. So the the signing started, like, I think, like ten minutes late. Mm-hmm. And the Viz people were like banging the drums, like, "All right, everyone, line up here." All right, do any of you have the book or the figure? And we all pull out, and there's like three the three guys that jumped ahead of me that were in front. They're like, they had the the other work that the guys have done, and they're like, "Yeah, you can't get that sign." I'm like, why not? It's like, gotta buy the book. They're only signing the book. They're only saying they're not signing anything else. It's like, okay, so can I go get the book? Aww. We're sold out of the book right now. The book and the figure of the book. Um, they go around. Yeah, we're sold out of everything right now. Come back tomorrow. It's like, ah, oh, well, thanks. I'm not here tomorrow. So there was a lot of that. Then there was a lot of no pictures, uh, no sketches. Not like pretty much. They're just like, just kind of go up, say hi, have them sign it, and then you know be on your merry. I don't know if just if they're just gun shy or if they didn't. They don't know how to deal with American nerds at all. Like because we're, I I do believe we're a different type of beast. So <laughs> well, that. I unfortunately wasn't there to to get my my manga signed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that was just the unfortunate part for me. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to get my manga signed, so I didn't get most of that. Yeah, but that I I can understand that. And for even for us at the panel, we're like, yeah, no videos or pictures. I'm like, and everyone was surprised. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> I understand you like your privacy, but you're at Comic Con. That's there's certain it, things, it, like, as, I, as I tell people, it's like, if you're here, like, don't, you know, it's, it's I yell at cosplayers all the time about this. Like, hey, why'd you take my picture? I'm like, I didn't take a picture of you. You happened to be in my field of vision, and I was, I'm trying to get a picture of this thing. It's like, you, you do really, did you, do you ever look at the back of your tag? Or when you walk in, the giant banner says, this is a photography area. You're going to get your picture taken at some point. So, you yeah. come in here, you got to put, you know, a, a little bit of the song and dance on. It's like... You're here to kind of rub, you know, elbows with the people that are buying your work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Most, and I'm not saying that a lot of people are like that. Most of them are. I mean, most of them are, are pretty good about it. So they're, especially you go to art, like Artist Alley where a lot of the, like, the bigger comic guys have little tiny tables they're sharing with another dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super appreciative. They'll hang out. They'll they'll BS with you and all that stuff. But it, it could just be also a handler thing because this is their first uh, uh, thing. So. One thing that I've also heard um, – from people who cosplay is that sometimes if like say that they're not ready for a shoot or they're trying to fix something on their outfit things like that they can feel uh very vulnerable and like no but i'm not looking my best why'd you take that picture right now don't take that picture right now it doesn't represent me as a cosplayer (laughs) and so like so to to a certain extent i can kind of understand the wait no but why'd you do that you know mentality i've gotten a lot where where it's just like i'm not even taking a picture of you man you're just I don't. I can't yell at ninety people to move out of the way for a shot of you know the DC booth, so I can get a clear shot of the mural that's on the side. It can also be just Absolutely. because you're a more imposing person. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, yes, if, I mean, like I'm a large man. I, let's let's not beat around <laughs> the bush there. <laughs> I mean, it can also just be that. And then for me, it's just like, hey, just, you know, ignore me. I'm tiny, mm. um, yeah. so I can take photos a little bit more discreetly. Um, but before we get. A little too far, but either way, the the panel was great. Uh, we do have the recap of, of the panel at Tokenet, um, and yeah, the fact that it sold out is a really good thing because that ho- I hope that it says that it's encouraging. 
um, other people to buy the manga and that we keep going. It's, it's another one of those things that because Toku is so small, mm-hmm. like it almost wants to be like we want to buy everything because there's not we want to make people like I want to vote with my money. Oh, very much so. Which is why um, Zoo Ranger, the Super Sentai, came out mm-hmm. for Shout Factory because they announced it. We freaked out. Everyone <laughs> bought it, and then. Oh, we attended the Shout Factory panel. Friday was my work day. Mm-hmm. There was a Shout Factory panel. There was the Ultraman panel. There was also the Power Rangers Lounge, um, which I can't really talk about until we get those interviews out. <laughs> um, but the Power Rangers Lounge was great. Uh, got to meet the – and the panel uh, – the Power Rangers panel was also really, really great. Um, the recap is also on Tokenet. Uh, and, and basically uh, Judd Lynn or Chip Lynn um, – was made a, the executive producer of of Power Rangers. Donna Charles was there, made a surprise appearance at the panel. They showed off the new costumes for Power Rangers Supercharge. They showed off like the new trailer for all the new uh, Rangers that's going to come up. And if you watch Kyoruger, it's basically all the Kyoruger colors. So violet, cyan, gray, and um, silver is, is going to show up. We don't know who they are yet, but they will show up next season. Um, we got an official date going to be August 29th at 12 p.m. Eastern on Nickelodeon. So Power Rangers is officially coming back. The, the official trailer is already out, but it's it's looking really, really awesome. And a lot of the questions came to Yoshi and Brennan, who played Blue and Red. Um, Yoshi, as I said earlier, really talks about like just being a fan. And he's a he's a Toku fan. Like, he brought up being a uh, guy from Gokaiger, and guy in Gokaiger is, is Gokai Silver, and his characters, because Gokaiger is the anniversary uh, uh, Super Sentai, his character is basically like the fanboy who gets turned into a Gokai Ranger, or Gokaiger, uh, and he's just like an elevated fanboy. It's like, I, every time he meets kind of the cameos from the previous Super Sentai, he's like, oh my god, you're so-and-so from the... Ah, can I get your autograph? I'm a big fan. And then he turns into Gokai Silver and gets to use their powers, and he's just so excited. And Yoshi pretty much said he's he was the exact same thing. He made the cast watch Kyoriger to get a sense of their character. He made the cast watch previous episodes of Power Rangers so he can get into the characters. And he was like, uh, he kind of made himself kind of a corner, like go-to person, as he mentioned in the panel. And then we went to the Shout Factory panel, which was a giant tease. Shout Factory is the the company that releases um, Ultraman and Godzilla and kind of these really cool classic, um, I almost say kitschy, but they're not. But yeah, but they are. Um, shows <laughs> on on, uh, <laughs> on DVD. The word is nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yes, thank thank you. you. Basically, throughout, they were announcing all these new titles and... Everyone, most everyone I knew that was waiting because last year they announced Zoo Ranger, mm-hmm. and then they've been teasing that they might do another one since Zoo Ranger did so well. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, it has to be Die Ranger because the White Ranger from Die Ranger is the White Ranger in Power Rangers, uh, the original Power Rangers." And so everyone's like, "Oh, they have to announce they have to announce Die Ranger." And then the official thing ends, and I basically tweeted out on the Tokenet going, "Hey, they didn't announce Die Ranger. Oh well." Right, mm-hmm. and then they opened up to audience questions, and then um, Carol was there with me, and I was like, and I looked at her. She's like, "You want me to ask a Die Ranger question?" I'm like, "Yes, ask a Die Ranger question." 
And but say it like, do you have any other because you the Zoo Rangers? Do you have any other? Will we see something else? And the second she asked that, Brian Ward from Shadow Factory was like, "That's why we didn't announce it officially. That's why." Because I knew someone was going to ask that question. And yes, we are doing Die Ranger. And I'm sitting there with the Twitter account going, you big troll. <laughs> I was so upset happy. I was very upset happy um, that that's what they did. And so, like, literally two seconds later, Tokenet tweets, just kidding, they're doing Die Ranger. And the Toku internet exploded. Um, because we get another Super Sentai official subs. And that's amazing. And so hopefully we'll, we'll uh, be able to, to hound at Shout Factory even more to get us more details. And uh, at some point, if I can ever get Brian Ward to talk to me, I would be just like, okay, you made me totally. <laughs> like, I, I tweeted it out. And he's like, yeah, I know. I saw it. I'm like, of course you did. Damn it. <laughs> you saw me tweet out our disappointment on the official Tokenet channel, <laughs> which makes me so sad. Um... But yeah, they so the Shout Factory that was a Shout Factory panel, and and that's what happened. Oh yeah, they 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 were do they were gonna release she Bec- uh, Death Becomes Her on DVD uh. with Meryl Street. So they have that. Um, I think they're also they were gonna also going to do. Uh, I still can't get that Super TV. They're putting hackers out. The twenty. Yeah, they're putting hackers. Yeah, they're doing hackers. They're also doing robot jocks. Yes. Oh, you don't know Robot Jocks? Oh, come on. That is a seminal classic. So (laughs) awesome. (laughs) The missing link between the Z and... They're uh, big announcers with Freaks on Geeks on Blu-ray. Freaks on Geeks on Blu-ray. Oh, good times. That was was their big announcement. Um, They were doing... Oh, that's what it was. They were doing Manimal and Auto Man. (gasps) Shut up. Oh, my God. Somebody actually put those out officially? Yeah. So Shout Factory (laughs) is doing Manimal and Auto Man. Auto Man was what I was thinking about. Is it it like, are they separate or are they like in a combined box? No, they're separate. They're going to be two DVD DVD sets. You are aware of the the crossover that happened, right? Yes. yes, yes. It was all Um, done by by the same dude. Who actually? I'm I'm waiting for them to finally get Nightman on DVD too. Nightman. They, they probably will, considering. Uh, but that that's another podcast oh, too. Ble- to bless the bless Shout Factory. They've yeah, but doing... Shout Factory is doing some pretty cool retro nostalgia stuff. So I'm, well, I'm they, really happy. They rescued uh, Mystery Science Theater, so I would yes. be grateful for that. And the fact that it's just like, okay, yeah, hey, remember this? Yeah, we're going to put it on DVD for you. I'm like, oh, right. thank you so it's much. A lot of, it was a lot of those, if you remember this, we're mm-hmm. putting it on DVD. And you're, and you're kind of sitting going, yes, please. Oh, I, <laughs> oh I, I, I know I'm going to get my buddy for, for Christmas because he loves Auto Man because he's a Tron nut. So Yeah, that's, that's what makes me think of Tron because I saw the, the images for Auto Man. Because I saw Auto Man. I'm like, okay, this is the, the most Toku-esque thing I could get out of this official panel well, before they announced that we were doing Die Ranger. And that was the big announcement we wanted to do you know what auto man was it was literally a ripoff of of tron i mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's how it was I mean, glenn larson created that show and that was his bread and butter was what's popular right now let's take that concept and then work it for television and uh yeah pretty much that's what he made entire career he made awesome shows they literally were just ripoffs of something big in the theater at the time you know what's interesting about auto man because you mentioned tron at the same time Auto Man came out, actually, the cast of Tron were actually in another TV show. Really? There was a mm-hmm. show, there was a, there were two Indiana Jones type ripoff shows that came out that season. One Curse, was called Curse of the yeah, Golden well, Monkey? Yeah, Tales of the Golden oh, Monkey. There, thank yeah. you. 
Yeah, with Stephen, whatever his name is, from Seventh Heaven. Yeah, that was actually a very good show. And the other one was called Bring Him Back Alive, and that had uh, uh, Bruce Boxleitner and the female Ethan Tron. Nobody remembers that show, but you know that, that, that was out back then. All right, so before... Uh, so I do want to touch on Chris. Try not to ramble too much. Sorry, <laughs> but I, I do. You know, I know. I'm sorry. I wandered you just like that. That that was very rude of me. But no, no, I really no, no, no. because I do want to get to 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 Mark um, about GFest. But I do want to hear about your really great panel at the oh. San Diego like library. Thank you so much. Which that by the way, if you haven't been to that library, that library is amazing. The fact that they had the auditorium for you mm-hmm. was fantastic. That auditorium was pretty awesome. It, it is. It's awesome, and it was like our great. You know, it, it's it was great and poor at the same time. Is the fact that this is the first year that they've used that auditorium for anything. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a ton of people are like, "Where the heck is this?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, just go behind Petco." <sighs> I gotta walk. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay here. So we <laughs> we unfortunately had a lot of that. Um, yeah. But the people who did show up, because believe me, when I walked in there. Uh, I, I walked in like a half hour early so that way we, I could prep everything because Jessica was doing 900 other press things. So we walk in there and there's like nine people in this thing for a panel that's going and I'm like, oh my god. Okay, so we're just going to do this to an empty room because we had Chris Mowry and uh, Colin Bunn on our panel. So Chris well. Mowry is the... He's the writer of uh, the, the IDW Godzilla Rulers of Earth that just wrapped up. Uh, Colin Bunn wrote for IDW Godzilla Cataclysm, but right now he's probably more... He's, he's really kind of exploding. He's going to be writing on Kenny X-Men for Marvel. He's going to be writing um, uh, uh, Drax for Marvel as well. He does a million things. Uh, 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 Terrible Lizard is another... Anybody that reads your site would probably love Terrible Lizard as well. Mm, I'll definitely look into that. So yeah, so we have the... You know, we got these people showing. We had other guests that were supposed to come. Literally every one of them had to bow out for some other reason. Mm-hmm. So... Um, can kind of say there were a few pilots I'll just put it that way they were supposed to show up and because of other things they could not make it and that would have been cool that would have yep. been super awesome they've yep. all everyone's given us rain checks they were super polite about it super you know the, I'm it, it was all like okay we understand Jessica was pulling her hair out I'm just like hey we'll be fine and the fact that you know as Paul can contest the, 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 the panel went off pretty well when she, yeah it was very say? it was very good so um I was, I was kind of sad because I didn't, like, as soon as you, it's like, oh, we're going to get an audience question. And I'm all like, ah, I should just raise my hand so I can get my name on a Comic-Con panel thing. Oh, believe me, you have no idea how much that means to me right now. Like, I'm right? looking at it right now. I was, I've been going for 22 years to Comic-Con. Now I actually have an actual panel, like, tag. I'm framing that thing. It's going up on my wall. Oh, my God. Hey, if you ever need an extra person, let oh, me know. We're, no, we're, we're going again next year. I told Jessica, it's like, we're doing this again next year. Like, yes, please. We're, we're going to call in all those favors. So, yeah. um, I mean, we were supposed to have Ryuichi Kitamura come on. He had he unfortunately bowed out at the last second, but he's his his assistant. Much like your story with the assistant, mm-hmm. we have an assistant story too. His assistant <laughs> showed up. He said, "Oh my God, your panel was wonderful." I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much." He's like, you know, he introduced himself, and I'm just like, I tried not to geek out too much. I'm just like, look, I just I'm a big fan of your employer's work, so. He's like, you know what, uh, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to go back, tell him, like, you guys are, he, pretty much he was, in his politest way, he's like, okay, now I know you guys are on the ball, and you're not just weird, creepy, nerdy stalkers, so we're, he's going to, he's going to arrange something for us, so we hopefully have something coming very soon, but. That'll be great. Yes, but he did give us a care package, though, which Jessica and I have yet to open up, but he said, 
there's a ton of Godzilla stuff in here for you guys. And so, once I get, get to see Jessica, we're going to film all that and have all that open up. But Sounds great. It, it was it went off as, as well as it could. We brought up um, this uh, gentleman uh, by the name of, I believe his name was Kevin Ma. Yeah, <laughs> he was the most nervous person I've ever seen ever have to sit up on a stage. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin Ma? Yes, that that was that was. He's, he was a uh, uh, basically at the panel. Uh, Jessica and Chris had like you know a quiz question, and then their next guest on the panel itself was a member from the audience who got that question correct. I know a guy named Kevin Ma. Was is he tall, skinny, he, Asian? Nope. He's tall, not skinny. No, he, but he's, yes, so. Asian. he's he's a bit on. He's he's a bit he's a heavy set, shy person. Okay, different Kevin then. He knows Sorry, his I, I just, very well. Okay, because I just, uh, I, I, I legitimately just was like, wait, it can't be. <laughs> and yeah, no. Uh, very, very different. Uh, it would be a very, very, very small world if that was. It, it would be way too small. Yeah, the, um, uh, yes. I, I'm not going to get into it, but yes, no, it would be very strange. It would have been an awesome punctuation to the story, though. It would have been. been. I got really excited for a minute. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, we. Pretty much, it was all, everything was off the cuff. So I pretty much didn't. I, I had a bunch of stuff lined up, and Jessica's like, "This is what's going on." I'm like, "You know what? We're just gonna sit here and we're gonna BS and we're just gonna have a fun time." Thankfully, the auditorium filled up. I think what said three fourths full. Yeah, about three fourths. Mm-hmm. So I was I was happy with everything the way it turned out. Um, I think I jostled Kevin a little too much. I was just you know, trying to get him come out of his shell a little bit, but mm-hmm. he was very shy. It was he very was sweet. super shy. I could see that. So I didn't want to kind of you know bring him too much but um yeah it went as well um mark provided the um the the little slideshow that i was able to kind of cap the whole thing off with which i think kind of sealed the deal for a lot no, of that was there, great so. yeah that the, that clip the clip set at the very end which i have seen before because i think mark you've probably shown uh those clips of like godzilla versus wolfman and, and things like that um at uh anime jungle that was exactly the the slideshow. Okay, that's that's. Like, <laughs> I, I saw like the the clay like the clayman and, and things like that. I'm all like, wait a minute, this looks really familiar. Um, a while back, uh, in Sci-Fi Japan and anime and Token kind of slightly covered it. Anime Jungle had a um, before he passed away. Uh, Kawakita. Mm-hmm. Was at Anime Jungle, um, doing a screening of Biel- Godzilla versus Biollante, and Mark was there. And I think other than Fujiyama Ichiban, that was one of the first times we we got to hang out even more. Yeah. Um, so Mark, um, did you, before we, like, I think we'll, we'll end off on a really big high note because this is specifically, specifically Tokusatsu related because it was G-Fest, <laughs> Godzilla yeah. Fest. Um, I'm definitely, for those who just wanted to hear about Godzilla Fest, I'm, we should time stamp this for sure, but tell us, how was your Godzilla Fest experience? Uh Great, uh, and it seems the lately the more I go, even though this year was the first time in a couple of years that I had not personally brought a guest from Japan, uh, it was still very busy, and there were a lot of things that I missed. <laughs> I went, I went early. Actually, spent an entire an entire week there. Wow! Uh, because I went to help uh, my friends uh, John Descendants and Chris Olio to um, help set up the uh, concert. They set up a uh, uh, a symphonic concert called Symphonic Theory. It was the music of um, Ko Otani, who did the music for the Heisei Gamera trilogy and GMK. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also famous for doing music for games like Shadow of the Colossus. But uh, the first half of the concert highlighted his uh, tokusatsu kaiju movie music. And the second half was uh, all three movements of Akira Ifukube's sim- uh, Symphonic Fantasia, which were basically three long movements compiling Ifukube's various themes for the Toho, Godzilla, and other kaiju films. So it was, it was a great concert. It was very successful. So you usually go to G-Fest, and were you doing it mainly just promoting your documentary, and then you were bringing guests? Uh, well, I mean, I've been attending since its inception in 1995. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I missed a few years. Starting in 2003, I missed about almost like nine years because I'd gone back to school and, you know, various other things. But right. once I had tracked down Shizu Nakajima and the information of Wolfman vs. Godzilla, I thought, okay, well, I need to go back and... So I'd been wanting to go back, and people were asking about me. And ever since, I've been promoting all the independent stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I go any, I go every year anyway, just you know, just to hang out and see friends and everything. But right. um, yeah, this year I helped my friends out with the concert, and uh, I didn't bring any guests of my own, even though uh, myself and Tetsu Shioda were. Um, delegated the responsibility of handling Mr. Otani because the the conductor, Ko Otani, did. He was flown in for the concert. He spent only 48 hours in Chicago, his very first time in the U.S. But, uh, yeah, we spent uh, the first half of uh, Friday with him because he came in Thursday evening. Uh, We had uh, myself, John DeSantis, the composer, and uh, Robert Scott Field, you know, Android M11 from... uh, uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Oh wow! The, yeah, the four of us had lunch together at the um, at the uh, hotel restaurant, and then we talked about you know what was going to go on for the next two days, mm-hmm. and then we went to the rehearsal because the orchestra rehearsed almost every night that week. But that he went to the final rehearsal, gave his thumbs up. He was very excited because his his kaiju music has never been performed live at all, not even in oh, Japan, wow. not even in Japan. So this was a big deal. Yeah, and he was thrilled. I'm so sorry, I missed it. It was wonderful, but uh, it, there is going to be a CD coming out and also a DVD. It was filmed. Oh, so it'll yeah, it should be coming out in a few months. So that that'll be something to look forward to. Do you know who's the person distributing it, or uh, it's distributed through uh, Genesis Fifty Four? Okay, and uh, Montaro Records. Well, that's that's the. Uh, John DeSantis is in Chris Olio's own label. So okay, we'll see if we get to that information in case uh, any of our listeners uh, can would like to purchase it because I'm definitely one of them. <laughs> I yeah. would like to have a copy for myself. Yeah, well, yeah, once I get further information, I will forward the info to you to put on Tokenet. That would be great. So, and uh, So did you, were you just there, like, were you able to attend or do any anything specific? Because... Uh, for me, I've never been to, to G Fest, and yeah. Kitty hasn't either. And for us, um, the the cool thing about having both you and Chris on in this sense is that you are our kaiju guys because mm-hmm. we don't have many of them on staff just yet. <laughs> 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 and so you and and we're mostly like the the super brand spanking new you know Sentai, stuff. Sentai and Kamen yeah. Rider and, and Metal Hero stuff, and and so. Uh, and I actually was just talking about it with um, some of the people at Anime Jungle where 
Toku fandom is kind of split in those two categories. Like you grew up watching in the 70s, you're really big into kaiju, or you're totally picking it up now and watching Super Sentai and Kamen Rider with the shows now. Yeah, and that, that's that's one thing that I've noticed. I mean, because, you know, I've been around longer than you guys have. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> you know, back then, you know, we watched whatever we could. And I right. loved all the old Sentai. You know, now, yeah, I'm seeing it divide into like, you know, into two uh, specific things. I mean, I, I'm frankly, I'm amazed at how huge it's gotten. Of course, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all because of Power Rangers, you know, exposing an, an entire generation right. to, you know, to Sentai and they're discovering all the Japanese stuff. And there are a lot of Japanese heroes. They're, they're you know, 90% of the stuff most people here have never seen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and with the advent of the internet and, Fan subbing more and more, people are discovering a lot of this stuff, and right. you know, and there are new productions coming out of Japan. I mean, there there are more Sentai hero productions coming out of Japan as opposed to kaiju stuff. Well, you had Gao Red come in. I mean, he did he did a role in a few kaiju movies as well. He got invited to G Fest, but yeah, no, most no of us know him as like, oh my god, like Kaneko is. Yeah. Nobukaniko is is Gowl Red. Yes, <laughs> for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so yeah, I was we're able to to like see him and or see his panel. Or... I missed his panel. Unfortunately, I was going to cover it for you know uh, Tokenet, but then we had to take Mr. Otani to the airport. Right. Uh, yeah, there were totally, a lot of, totally legit reason. Yeah, there were there were a lot of panels that I wanted to see and I missed. I did get to say hi to him. I did get to say hi to him and uh, Masaki Tezuka, the director. Of, uh, of Mega Gidas and uh, Tokyo SOS. Um, just briefly, I was sitting about 10 feet from him at one point while he was at his autograph table. Oh, wow. Yeah, but his, uh, I just gave him a, a, a brief greeting. His handlers were kind of uh, on the lookout for unauthorized interviews and things like that. Right. So, but it, it was great to see him. I mean, he got they got a great reception from the fans. You know, of course, a lot of younger fans there, uh, you know, they knew him from... Uh, uh, Gao and uh, and yeah, it was it's 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 it was a great time. Um, besides them, uh, what else did we have? Um, uh, numerous panels. Um, There's was oh, there a specific panel that really stuck out for you? Uh, well, I, I was part of one. Um, I don't know if you're aware of uh, the Kaiju Cast, the the podcast. Yeah, it's like the biggest. Kaiju theme podcast that's mm-hmm. by Kyle Yount out of Oregon, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty good friend of Kyle's, and um, he interviewed me. He did a live Kaiju cast on Sunday, and he, oh, cool! Yeah, and he interviewed me uh, about independent Tokusatsu films. He's been wanting to do this for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, just so happens, uh, you know, I was going to talk about things I've been tracking down the, the various films and you know the, the documentary Kaiju Gaiden. But uh, while, like, because I also did two presentations. I did, like, a, a mini film festival of various uh, clips of, you know, very obscure tokusatsu out of Japan, including uh, a new 28-minute uh, cut of Wolfman vs. Godzilla that the director had sent me. Oh, wow. Also, uh, the Shinpei Hayashiya, two nights before, he sent me a brand-new trailer for his new kaiju movie that he made specifically for G-Fest, uh, it'll be coming out next year. It is uh, the third in his trilogy, Deep Sea Monster Raga versus Volcano Beast Olga. And uh, we showed that. And Shinpai-san, is, uh, has, what else has he done? Just for a He's done um, 
uh, Deep Sea Monster Rego versus Yamato. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deep Sea Monster Raiga, the sequel, and this is the third one coming out. He he's also notorious for the the film Gamera Four Truth, which was the independently produced fourth movie in the Heisei Gamera trilogy. Because uh, the third one ended very abruptly, and uh, uh, Shusuke Kaneko, the director, you know, he ended it there. Uh, Hayashiya made a fourth film, basically showing picking it from that exact moment and showing what shows what happens after the final battle in part three. Is, and that's, is that also going to be part of your documentary? Yes. Oh, yes. very cool. Yeah, it, it's a, Aside from Wolfman vs. Godzilla, it's probably the most notorious in <laughs> slash fan production. And, uh, and that one's even more hard to come by because um, the owners of Gamera, Katakawa, who bought out Dai film, uh, they've been pretty litigious as far as really reeling in their productions. I mean, they're, they're rivaling Toho at their worst because <clears throat> uh, two, two, two of the directors that we, we've talked to, including Mr. Uh, Hayashiya and the other being Mr. Uh, Masiko Kato from Kato Productions, he, he also made a fourth Daimajin film. Mm-hmm. Um, Katakawa basically told them, you know, you guys aren't allowed to show these anymore. Whereas before, it was never a problem to show them at fan, small fan gatherings in Japan. Mm-hmm. So uh, it kind of makes it difficult. So as a result, uh, the only way people are going to see Gamera 4 now is probably if you go to Mr. Hayashi's house in Japan. Oh, no. I mean, there, there were only 10 screenings in Japan as it was. Right. And then there were two here that I organized when I brought them over. Right. And that's, that's probably it. So we'll definitely have to keep in touch for more yeah. <laughs> rarely seen footage of yeah. very independent. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll at least have some footage of it in uh, my documentaries. Oh, good, 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 good. That, do you know when? Do you know? Do you have a gauge of when that's coming out? Uh, I talked to the director uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, it's going a lot slower than we thought. I mean, like usual. I mean, I mean, yeah, we're am- production. Yeah, we're amateurs. It's our first time. He's telling me he's, he's thinking about October. Okay. Like this coming October or next October? This coming October. Oh, yeah. that'll be a good birthday present for me then. <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, but one exciting thing um, that happened That's is uh, because I did my presentation on Saturday and Sunday because they expected usually when I do them there's a lot of interest in what I show, and there's a downstairs at uh, the hotel there's a, a film room. It's actually have a big screen. They have a stage and they have uh, seats. You can tell it's used for like big. You know, presentations. You know, they have a built-in AV system. That's where I showed my uh, uh, my presentation on on the independent films. In the front row, I, I noticed these two young Japanese guys, and I recognized them because I heard they were going to be there just to show their films to fans at G Fest. One was uh, Yastomo Yoshida, uh, who was part of Overload, the crew of Overload Films. They're the other ones. Uh, who under the direction of Shingo Mayahata did Zella Monster Martial Law, which uh, you can see that on YouTube. Great, fantastic awesome. uh, kaiju film. And uh, uh, I, I, I showed part of that at uh, my presentation in San Francisco a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a fantastic film. They also did a film there last year when we were in Japan filming Kaiju Gaiden called Gemu, which is like a horror film with with the uh, the demonic monster and uh, we actually debuted that uh, at G-Fest it was unannounced I asked if he had it 
and we showed it Sunday afternoon in the film room. So we had the American premiere of that. Uh, But his new film, the reason he was there, he was uh, there to, um, to premiere a brand new film that Overload did. And uh, I had been talking with Robert Scott Field, who played Android M11, uh, for a while, because he was also involved in Kaiju Gaiden. And he told me that he was working with Shingo on some film. I, I, I didn't stop to think about it, what the subject matter would be. And then uh, when I spoke to my Hata a few weeks ago, he told me the big secret. He said, yeah, he said, uh, it's, a, it's a Jet Jaguar film. Get, wait, Jet, Jet Jaguar? <laughs> Jet Jaguar from Godzilla vs. Megalon. Yes, <laughs> the robot. And I told him, what? He said, yeah. He said, we made a Jet Jaguar film. You did? He said, yeah. And then he, Like he said, independent Jet Jaguar? Or yes, like legit? Yeah. Independently made Jet Jaguar film. It's called... <laughs> and then he sent me images. He sent me a poster image plus a still. The movie is called Jet Jaguar Project M11. It's basically <laughs> Jet Jaguar returns. Uh, a guy finds Jet Jaguar, rebuilds him. At the same time, uh, Android M11 from Godzilla vs. King Ghidra, as played by Robert Scott Field, returned from the future to battle Jet Jaguar. So it's two robots fighting each other. And it is awesome. <laughs> and do, do they have a release date for that yet? Uh, only a, a trailer was shown. Okay. But uh, people went crazy. Yeah, that, I, I would assume so, because that sounds fantastic. It was, yeah, it was unannounced and uh, Saturday morning, Robert had a very early panel with uh, Yoshida, and uh, they showed it. And only about fifty people were there in the room because it was so early, right? You know, and also it wasn't really announced of what they were going to show. It's going to be a surprise. So uh, he attended my panel, and while I was showing some films, I saw a glow in the front, <laughs> in the front row, and he held up his his tablet, and he. It said Jet Jaguar with a question mark. And I looked at him. I told him, I waved him over. I told him, what are you asking me? He said, is it, is it okay if I show the trailer for it here? And I told him, you're, you're damn right. It's, it's great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to add it to the, to the playlist. So, yeah, right after Wolfman vs. Godzilla, I announced to everybody, you know, we have a special unannounced treat. We're going to see the, uh, the trailer for Jet Jaguar Project M11. You know, we had like 150 people in the room. And uh, oh, they went, they went nuts. And oh, we, that sounds so exciting! We showed it the next day, and also sitting next to him um, was uh, Takayuki Hosunuma, another uh, student. Uh, yeah, Yoshida, he, he's part of the uh, Tokusatsu uh, program out of Osaka University of, Ar- University of Arts. Mm-hmm. It was basically a film program, the only one in Japan which still taught traditional Tokusatsu techniques. Mm-hmm. And, and each class would make uh, its own student film, a, a tokusatsu slash kaiju slash sentai, whatever, student film. And what made, it, what made the program extra special is that the instructors were people like Koichi Kawakita. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and, yeah. That, that would blow my mind. And, yeah, and, and Kazuki. I learned filmmaking and that's Yes, it. and Kazuki Amori, the director of Godzilla vs. Biolante. Mm-hmm. King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. they would have various people come in to teach them the, the techniques. And uh, he was part of Kalakita's last graduating class, the, the last <sighs> class to carry on his legacy. Wow. And uh, so he's out of Osaka University of Arts. 
Takayuki Hosunuma was out of Tokyo Polytechnic. They don't have a they don't have a Tokusatsu uh, course, but they have a, a film course. But him and a bunch of others who were Tokusatsu fans got together, and they made their own student film, which is called uh, Space Monster Numagiras, which was also a film um, using traditional techniques, suitmation techniques, uh, you know, with uh, CGI embellishments and enhancements. Mm-hmm. And uh, that ran about six minutes long. And we also showed that. And uh, I was really impressed by these guys. I mean, these guys are 20, 21 years old, and they're carrying on the tradition here. Mm-hmm. So I asked Kyle when we did the, our live Kaiju cast taping, you know, would you mind having uh, these two guys sit in on the interview with them? And we have, you know, Tetsushi Oda from Anime Jungle to translate. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, by all means. Like, it, that was a great panel. And it was a special treat to the audience, too, because mm-hmm. we talk about their films plus other things that I'm looking for and working on. Right. So in order, I mean, we've been going for about like an hour and hour and a half now. Um, Sorry. <laughs> to, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's more my fault than anybody else's. Um, but I do want to kind of wrap things up kind of as we take this, you know, train for a stop. That's awful. Um, <laughs> as the train arrives at the station. Thank you. Galaxy Express 999. This is, this is why Kitty is entrance. listed on the Tokenet staff as executive assistant to me, because sometimes I brain fart and it's awful. <laughs> See, for me, I was just really excited. I was going to be, I was going to do like a whole Tokuger thing and like be ticket. It's like, okay. It's arriving at the high. station. Please be careful when you disembark. The entrance, you have to believe it's there too. Oh, well, of yeah. course. Why wouldn't you believe? Okay, well, do you lack imagination? <laughs> Ugh, aggressive. Let's believe that this is gonna this this train is coming to its last stop. Um, in terms no, that, of summer that, con. That's what happens when you know a bunch, bunch of us geek out together. We just carry on and carry on. And yeah, facts. and uh, yeah. There's, there's. I'm not not saying anything bad about that, but <laughs> I do want to wrap up in saying that I, I want because I want to get everyone's last thoughts of like if you were to give someone advice, like say a Toku fan advice to attending any of these cons, um, how, like, what would you, what would you do specifically? So we'll, we'll, we'll go with like the super big one, which is going to be comic con. So Chris, what, what would you tell, uh, maybe not a first timer, maybe a second or third timer, but anybody who's attending comic con and they're, they're a Toku fan, uh, or just, you know, coming to comic con for the first time, what would you suggest? How would you describe your experience? It's um, it, it's it we, it separates the men from the boys. That's the best way I could describe it. Because <laughs> it literally is you're doing four trips of Disneyland in one day. Um, mm. Just you have to. The best way I can think of describing that. Yes, you have to be able to huff it. You, you're you have to be in it. And look, there's a lot of people that are out of shape, like myself there. But we we muster <laughs> the strength. Uh, Comfortable shoes, you have to be okay with people rubbing up against you just for the mere fact that there's just so many people. Other than that, always have a second, always have a plan B because more than likely your plan A is never going to come through. And just go enjoy yourself. Don't be there for one thing because if you do that and that one thing doesn't come through, then you're just going to be a ball of, of just bitterness. And I can attest to that because I did that for the, the year that the uh, Pacific Rim panel was, was going on. I waited nine and a half hours in line. I was a hundred people away from getting in. And I got stopped, so I missed the whole panel. You were at Hall. Was that a Hall? That was the Hall H panel. Yes, because everyone camped out. I got there at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was at two thirty in the afternoon. 
So about 2.15, they're like, yeah, we're capped. And, yeah, I was literally like 100 people. I was in the, the docket, if you will, for letting people in. And they're just like, yeah, we're done for the day. <laughs> so, it, damn hobbits. They screwed me. Um, <laughs> literally, the hobbit was there. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, I've been doing I've been doing that. I've been doing Comic-Con for 22 years. So I've seen it grow to the immense size that it has. Back when it was just like, when the convention center literally was half its size. So, But it, even then, it was still just this monolith that you have to kind of climb and you know you have to mentally be prepared for it it's for toku fans there's a little bit comic-con has a little bit of something for everyone but that's the thing it's a little bit of something there's so much there that you know you kind of have to have some other interests going in there don't don't be just the one person like comic books are just that it's like oh there's comic books there's movies there's there's uh, everything so it's just about every level of fandom is welcome there you know, like, unlike, you know, say, Am Expo, which is a far more niche community, but they turn out in droves, though. Right. Mm-hmm. So, K- Kitty, what would you say for a first-timer going to AX, specifically also a Toku fan, going to AX for the first time, especially you, who attended AX for the first time, what advice would you give them? Um, I w- I'd probably echo a couple of things, like wear comfortable shoes, be ready to tough it out. Um, if you bring a bag, bring a simple bag, uh, they do bag checks, uh, and it's much easier if you just have, like, a tote or something that only has one main, like, area, so you're not unzipping five different things. We went with a backpack with, like, five different compartments, and we got stuck in bag check a couple of times for a couple of minutes by certain people who are like, no, unzip every single one. Uh, so definitely bring just a plain tote bag or something simple. Um, sunscreen is important, oh, uh, especially if you in, if you plan to wait in line. Some of those lines go outside, and uh, sometimes the uh, uh, most space to eat is outside, along with uh, the food trucks and stuff like that, all outside. Um, And aside from that, in particular for Toku fans, uh, I feel like because Anime Expo is primarily focused on the anime, um, enjoy the little things where you can find your Toku flavors. Uh, I feel like there there were a couple of different artists in Artist Alley who I saw who really enjoyed uh, all things Tokusatsu, Common Rider, and uh, uh, you know Super Sentai and various things like that. Um, I actually found an artist that Paula didn't know was there had never really seen before. I found an artist who was like, "Hey, I work for this website." my boss is going to send you a questionnaire if that's all right with you about like your art and stuff. Um, and like it was, it was because that artist was really cool. Um, and uh, on top of that, I know for me, one of my favorite things that I saw that was, it wasn't even specifically tokusatsu, but my first super sentai that I watched uh, was Tokuger actually. Um, and uh there was a stand that was selling a bunch of these kendamas, which are is the toy that uh, Hikari uh, Tokyujir for the the green one um, plays with all the time. And they had a 
kendama with a green ball and i was like oh it's hikari's so like even if you're not if you're not seeing anything specific to your favorite fandom i feel like there's enough small details and enough broad stuff that you can find anything fandom related if if you're just kind of willing to to keep your eyes open and look for like the easter eggs kind of uh, so, Mark, what would you, what would be your suggestion and advice for people attending G Fest for the first time, or just G- in general? G Fest is a little bit different than these big monolithic madhouses you guys are describing. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, this year I heard uh, the, for all three days it capped out about twenty five hundred people, which is you know laughable by Comic Con standards. But uh, I would suggest, first of all, if you're going to go to G Fest, it's in, held in Chicago, so of course, unless you live there, you're going to travel. So I would suggest, uh, if you're interested in G-Fest, uh, monitor their, uh, the G-Fan website or the G-Fest Facebook page and find out when hotel rooms go on sale because there's a, G-Fest, a special G-Fest rate, which is usually $99 a night as opposed to the full rate. And at least, if you're even thinking about going, at least you know, book the rooms. I mean, your car is in charge. They're, you know, they're held, and I think you have a... Like, until 48 hours before check-in time to cancel. So I would, I would suggest, you know, booking your rooms in advance. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Uh, flights from Los Angeles, where we are, uh, not, not very bad at all. I, I got mine for about like 325 round trip, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. I was surprised at how cheap it was this year. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, other than that, it, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty laid back show. You know, it being so small, uh, even a, a weekend pass, I think, is something like sixty dollars for all three days, and um, that's so nice. Yeah, and, wow. and, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very informal. I mean, this is the only convention I've ever attended where we actually go to dinner with the guests. They hang out with us. They go to oh. our they go to they go to our room parties. <laughs> wow. you know, we were, a few years ago, you know, uh, the guys were they were being headlocked by Don Fry in one of the rooms. <sighs> <laughs> I know Chris would love that. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just monitor um, the information about G Fest. Book your room in advance. Uh, but once you're there, the, you know, just kind of study up on all of the events there because there's so much going on. You know, it's a smaller con. You know, there's, there's a video game room downstairs, and they do tournaments. And um, there's a film room. Of course, the dealers' room is like very popular. There are numerous uh, large ballrooms where panels go on. Uh, yeah, just kind of like study the uh, the itinerary and you know, just kind of circle what panels you'd like to attend. Yeah, I have one more thing about Anime Expo that I forgot. Don't be afraid of the public transportation. I swear it's a money saver. Definitely is. Yeah, even if you just... I bought a seven-day pass for the trains. It was $25, It which is like parking, for a day. Yeah. If you're if you're lucky. Yeah. It's like the cost of an Uber or uh or a um uh, uh par- or parking for a day. And uh the closest train stop is literally just two blocks away. Not even it's, that. It's about a block. It's like right yeah, there. It, you can see it from the corner. You have to cross the street twice. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay, what I'll give, I I'll give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like you cross once, cross again, and then once more to get on the right side of the the right, like east west side of the street. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, yeah. no. They're they're people who don't who don't frequent the LA Convention Center don't realize how shysty those parking lot managers are. Oh, absolutely. You will roll in in the first thing in the morning. I've seen the price as high as seventy five dollars for the day. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. no! You go and you pay. And then when you come back out, they're holding the sign that says five bucks because the day's halfway over and they just want to get, you know, more people in who have already left. So, yeah, that's yep. how they roll. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those for for myself uh, to, wrap, to, to wrap up this podcast um, and kind of give advice for the last for AX, both AX and, and Comic-Con, uh, they are monolithic maniac show, like two shows. Uh, get comfortable with crowds. <laughs> um, there was a point at Comic Con where I was—I made the mistake of going into the Gaslamp District in the main drag <laughs> on the Saturday night, and <laughs> I got trapped in basically in one block. Took myself and Michael like half an hour, and we were running to a, a live podcast with Kearney for Nerdist, and we got to see Guillermo del Toro. Tom Hiddleston, Guillermo del Toro. I could literally hug the guy. I passed by him so close. By wow. the way, like He's I really wanted to hug too. him. He's so. Oh my god! I just wanted to go. Oh my god! You know, Ultra Seven. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I didn't because I pretended I had dignity. Um, and he was surrounded by people. I didn't want to bother him, which I should have just bothered him. Um, but he was the he was the guest for the Nerds podcast. Anyway, long story short, get used to crowds. Um, I, we got stuck in that drag at the gas lamp district. Avoid the gas tramp main drag. Go around to the side streets. Um, yes, even for anime expo as well, make use of non main main hallways if you can find. The little tiny hallways that go around, there is less people. There might be more people sitting around, but there is less people that you have to shove and push through, especially if you're claustrophobic, and I'm mildly claustrophobic in terms of crowds. I honestly thought I was going to die. That like I saw my death right in front of me. I'm going to get crushed at Comic-Con on the way to a Nerdist podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> I can... To be fair, you are a petite girl, so... Yeah, and... It was cause, because the crowd wasn't moving, and I was my hip was literally up against the railing of where they cut off and into where the cars were in the gas lab district. Mm-hmm. I could see that like people were ahead of me were already jumping and going into the streets in front of cops. You don't even give a damn that kind of thing. And I'm all like, this is gonna turn into a mob. I oh, see yeah. how I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get crushed. <laughs> my hip's gonna go first. I I feel bad for Michael, but he has long legs. He'll live. He'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, Michael. You have long legs. You'll survive. Yeah, he could like lift one leg over to the thing and he'll be fine. I'm going to get my hip crushed. I'm at least going to get out of there with broken legs. I knew that for a fact if there was a step. Get used to that feeling is what I'm saying. Um, If you're not, uh, look for the side entrances. Look for sideways. Um, Also, for for Comic-Con, register early if you're going to try to get a pass. If you can. Good luck with registration, but try to register early. Um, you know, and people who uh, at Comic Con, you don't have to honestly get a bass because Comic Con that weekend is just filled with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, visit all the other places that's going around. You don't need a Comic Con pass to attend to attend a lot of the events that's going on. There's not Comic Con specific related events that you can buy tickets to. You know, Nerd HQ. Uh, Nerdist Nerdist industry stuff, things like that. A ton of stand-up going on that weekend. Yep, ton of stand-up going on. A lot of pre-events going on, so if you're going to go. Also, even if you're not a Toku fan, there's still, just like Kitty says, 
look for stuff that is still going to kind of pique your interest. Because, you know, even just passing by Artist Alley and the Exhibit Hall at Comic-Con, I found a guy named Chet Phillips who was drawing kaiju monsters like Godzilla and King Kong and, and things like that as baseball card characters. <laughs> and yeah, it was fan- that, yeah. yeah, and it was fantastic. You you find things like that all the time at Con. Um attend the Power Ranger events. They're really, really great, especially since we're still a small crowd. They're very intimate. Um does does Paul Shear still still uh um I might have made, the guy that plays bulk. Does he still host those? Uh, he wasn't hosting the one for this year. Mm-hmm. He didn't host the Power Rangers panel for this year. Uh, Andre, Black Nerd Comedy, was the one who hosted the Power Rangers panel this year. Mm-hmm. Understandable. He's a big Power Rangers guy. Um, and so, and and the and this year's Dino Charge is really, 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 like, pretty pretty growing and popular just because it's such a good group and Kyoriju was such a great Sentai to begin with. So I'm all like, Sentai. Yeah. And Judd Lin, or Triple Lin, rather. Uh, is really when I talked to him in an interview, he was really, uh, really, really into the source material, uh, and so you you see that for them. So in in any case, um, yeah, plan your plan ahead if you can. Definitely think of Plan Bs if you can. Um, what else? And just be ready for surprises. Um, there's places like the cosplay sets at Anime Expo. There's, it's called the Entertainment Hall, which basically includes um, video games, tabletop games, uh, classic games. They even had a section, I think it was Anime Expo, they even had a section at Anime Expo. It's Actually, so they're so big, I can't even tell, I can't remember which one had it. But either Anime Expo or, or Comic-Con had in their Entertainment slash Exhibit Hall a section where with old TVs that you can play classic games like Genesis. They had that in an anime. Thank you. They had anime. anime Expo. Yeah, that was a section of Anime Expo. So look for stuff like that. If you're a gamer and you want like really cool Japanese Japanese games, Anime Expo's got you. The entertainment. I, mm-hmm. I want to say that was the the, um, the the game museum people. Yeah. Had, oh. yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 It was. Yeah. It was yeah. in the same area as uh, the Nendroid Museum. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they had that at uh, Stanley's Kamikaze as well. Oh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. So you have things like that, um, which will really surprise you. And do take the moments to kind of sit and really appreciate where you're at, because even attending those things is like such a big deal. Um, also, if you're going to take photos of cosplayers, please move to the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please be considerate. Please. Please, pretty, pretty, please, please do, be considerate. Don't do it getting off an escalator either. Yeah, don't do it getting yeah. off an escalator. Don't do it in front of a bathroom. Don't do it right in the middle of a giant hallway where everyone's going. Take the time to ask someone to please go to the side and try to be as considerate as possible and take your photos as fast as possible. Sadly, because it's other people will not be as considerate no. as you. Sadly, it's <laughs> and they will stop. Sadly, it's almost turned into like a fender bender on the freeway. It's like... Yes. Mm-hmm. Pull to the side and deal with it there. Yes. If you find someone with a really awesome costume, ask them, pull them over the side. Because other people will not be as considerate. Because just like fender benders, as Chris said, mm-hmm. people will stop and stare mm-hmm. at who the heck, one, is either holding up the thing, or two, what cosplayer just stopped the entire flow. And then they that. might even stop and try to take a picture, too. And then it just turns into an even bigger and bigger and bigger thing. And this is when I get, you know, visions of my death, of being mm-hmm. stampeded. <laughs> And this is when I start pushing people. Yeah. 
And also, <laughs> speaking of which, do not, do not, do not, do not forget how powerful a simple excuse me and thank you whenever you do ask people to move. Because I have gotten away with like parting Red Seas just by going, excuse me, just mm-hmm. to get people out of the way. So be polite as much as you can when you go navigating through those crowds. Be prepared to be really tired and don't try to burn yourself out. Also, there is a 21 and over lounge at Anime Expo that everyone yes. should find if you are 21 and over. It's so good. Because <laughs> this they is have I, couches. I, you I don't understand. I almost don't. I feel bad for saying this because you're, I'm giving away my best kept secret for myself because there is a 21 and over lounge at Anime Expo and it's basically where I go to decompress. Mm-hmm. And the, it, the beauty of that is because the irony of that is that like, I would say what? 60% of the clientele that hits Anime Expo now are under 21? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so like, the adults was, go in there. Yeah, to the continue. adults are going to go in here and have adult time. You children go downstairs and talk about your Yu-Gi-Ohs and your, you know, <laughs> oh, your Lord. attacks on uh, Titans and stuff. I like was going to say Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, that was actually something that kind of happened. I think it was either on our way to the lounge or out of it. One of the uh, students at the high school oh where my God. Paula I work at. She was like, oh, hi. And she was like, hi, nice to see you. Okay, bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, I used, I used to work at a high school, and then one of the students who sees me all the time at the library just went, oh, my God, Paula. I'm all like, damn it. <laughs> I did not want to see any of you here. I mean, like, you're cool and stuff, but, like, no. This yeah, is my it time. Was, yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those. So appreciate those pockets of time and, and really mm-hmm. appreciate you being there. It's tiring. It's exhausting. But you're it's there with so your It's so much tribe. fun. It's it a lot of It fun. really is. There's, there is nothing that compares to that. Ironically, the large crowds kind of do add something to it, too. Mm-hmm. You're just in the sea of humanity. You're all kind of there for the same reason, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. just like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, hey, there can be peace in the Middle East one day. We can all just get on the same page and just right. like nerdy crap. Right. So, of course, then... Then you just have wars based on Star Wars. No, Star Trek. Yeah. Then yeah, it just all gets into verbal arguments, and then it just evolves from there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, well, one bright sides. Bright side is you yeah. can definitely get there and together. And oh, also don't don't discount um, looking at cosplay dot com and where their cosplay meetup is because it does turn into not just cosplay gatherings, but regular the entire, the entire fandom, and they're unofficial. Look for unofficial events, like I mentioned, for even for Comic-Con. Look for unofficial events. Because they know it's so big, other people will try to get on that, too. So unofficial cosplay gatherings, unofficial events, like the Nerdist Podcast or Sarah Symphony, the, the Sailor Moon Orchestra that I sadly missed because I had to work. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that will always happen around those weekends. Hey, so also look out for those. I, miss, I missed Shinji Higuchi because I had to go work. Right. He showed up. It's like, oh, he's here. Damn. I gotta, I gotta go interview people. So. Right. So you, you'll get you'll get moments like that. But you know, in in the end, it's it's one of those experiences you just have to experience once. One more thing, mm-hmm. the sushi rito. If it's ever there again, do it. Look for the food trucks mm-hmm. at Anime Expo. That's in particular, buy, oh yeah, the sushi buy food rito. where you can. By the way, yes, yeah. bring it if you can. Food is very scarce, especially in San mm-hmm. Diego. Especially in San Diego. Especially in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Although the tin fish is not bad, I would definitely recommend that place. But yeah, but yeah. I think we did it, guys. Yeah, All I think right. we did it too. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you once again for joining us at the Tokunet podcast. Uh, this podcast was a lot longer than usual. Well, actually, it's actually pretty average, about an hour and a half. <laughs> longer um, than we aim for it to be, but just as long as usual. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much to Chris from Kaiju Kingdom and Mark from In Search of Monsters documentary. Uh, you guys were really fantastic. Yes, uh, we'll definitely come back to to record with us once more, especially oh. since you get to talk about the kaiju part of Tokusatsu, the OG part, I should say. Like our monster crap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your monster crap is fantastic, okay? Just because we fight our monsters at the second half of a Sentai show. <laughs> but hey, we, we, we like robots, too. So. We do, I mean, but we like Sentais are cool. That's, that's, yeah. that's what, you know, we'll, 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 we'll give precedence to the to, to Sentai because it's like, your robots tend to be monsters at one point before I mean, they form into a massive robot with a giant sword of some sort. Yeah. So, thank you guys for, for joining us, and thank you, Kitty, as always, for being here at the Tokenet Podcast. Happy to be here. And if you haven't done so already, if you find us on po- on Podbean or iTunes, do leave us a review. Uh, give us some of those stars. The more you guys review, uh, the more you guys can find us, uh, the more visible we are for people to find and we actually at. listen as well. You really do listen to your reviews. I promise. I know I've, I've gotten comments about how much I suck at remem- remembering characters' names. You know what? She's got I made sure that I look it up and write notes down so that I don't forget that anymore. <laughs> so I promise we are listening to you. So, and we love to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at the Tokunet. Um, and for everything that we've ever done, including YouTube, our front page, our Facebook page, our Tumblr page, you can find any and all of that at tokusatsunetwork.com. So good night, guys, and thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.